We turn now to the gospel reading for this night, this holy night. Uh, The gospel reading comes from the gospel according to Luke, from chapter 2, the first 20 verses. We hear it again, and yet we listen as if we hear it for the first time. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration that was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth, And laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those whom God favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Once again, late in the evening on this holy night, we find ourselves downtown in this sacred space. We find ourselves singing and praying and finding inspiration for music opening our hearts to the mystery of Christmas, longing for God's love and God's presence to be poured into our lives and into our city and into our world. Some of us are here because this worship, this pursuit of the openness to God are part of the basic fabric of our lives. We know something about God's love. We know something about God's claim on us. And we wouldn't miss this occasion on this holy night in downtown Richmond in this historic sanctuary. Others of us are perhaps here because it's what we do on Christmas Eve. We have dinner with family and friends. And when we're finished with our festivities and shopping and racing, we, or we're home for the holidays perhaps, we come to this worship to share in this special celebration. Perhaps others of us are here with a small opening, seeking God's light in the darkness of our lives, participating, but yet not quite sure of what this means. God coming for real into the world, 
watching, waiting, wondering. Across the recent Sundays, as we've made our way to the manger, I've been preaching a series of sermons from the prophet Isaiah who spoke these words 600, in 600 B.C. The people who walked in darkness has seen a great light. For unto us a child is born, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Tonight, I want to focus on that last phrase. He shall be called Prince of Peace. This is a critical longing in our world in these days. Our society has been struggling so much with intense racial issues, justice issues. We continue to sort out controversies about police killing citizens. And more recently, citizens killing police. We long for the Prince of Peace. We also have continuing religious fanaticism that's uh, generating terror across our world and keeping that subject in the center of the news. And we have too much violence, too much desperation in our lives, too much heartache that we can count for ourselves, fellow church members, fellow Richmonders, people around the world. So God comes as Prince of Peace? Could it be true? Or as the angels sing to the shepherds, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom God favors? Could it be true? We have a lot of reason to wonder about that. And yet, as people of faith, as people who know that life comes from God and know that life proceeds to God, I want to say clearly and confidently that our best hope for peace indeed comes in the Prince of Peace. Even with all our crises and all our uncertainty, all our concerns about race relations and injustice, heartache and terror, our best hope. Our light for the darkness comes in Jesus. God comes among us. God enters into human life in a dirty, dangerous manger. Emmanuel. God with us. This is God's supreme act to show the world that God is not far away. God is in our midst. The world is not spinning off in some far axis apart from God. No, our lives, our concerns, our crises, our worries, our world is filled with God's presence. God enters the world, our world, the violent, terror-filled, heart hurting world that we know too much about, God enters that world. God shows us that God is one with us, one among us, one like us, even born in a place that most of us wouldn't even want to go visit, a manger. This is God's supreme act, God's becoming flesh to show us most fully that life is filled with God. The reign of God is real and emerging in the Prince of Peace. God is at work and in God's time and God's purposes that peace will prevail.
Now let's be clear. When the Prince of Peace comes that night in Bethlehem, it does not mean that everything becomes perfect. The angel appears and says, Do not be afraid, I'm bringing good news of great joy. And that is right. A babe is born in a manger and he shall be called Messiah, the Lord. And that is right. And we sing silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. And that is fantastic. But not everything gets sorted out right away. Herod is still the vicious ruler of that particular region. Mean people keep doing mean things. Selfishness and greed do not go away. Violence continues between people. In fact, we're still looking to God, looking to the Prince of Peace, even now, even today, and still sorting it out because injustice remains so much a part of the fabric of human life. Citizens and police officers are still dying senseless deaths. Terror is the preferred way for some people in the world. Heartache and hurt come really close to all of us. But here's what we do hold to. The God of the universe has become part of life. Emmanuel. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and he shall be called Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. I read this week that in Chinese, Chinese, now China is a place where Christianity is booming. There are at least three characters in Chinese for peace. And they're all related. The first character for peace has two hearts parallel, which is the spiritual basis for peace. When our hearts are parallel with God's heart, which Jesus comes to bring, then we have the basis for spiritual peace. But once we know that, there's a second Chinese character for peace, and it is a roof over a woman, which is the sociological basis for peace. It's one thing to talk about peace, but if society is out of balance and some people continue to suffer injustice, then there's no real peace. And then there's the third character, and it has to do with rice in your mouth, which is the economic character for peace. Poverty and desperation lead people to do desperate things that destroy peace. Here's the point. If we know Christ to be the Prince of Peace, the bringer of peace, then we also know what life is to look like, God's peace for the world. When our hearts are parallel with God in spiritual peace as they are tonight, as we gather in this sacred space, as we come to the Lord's table, as we light our candles and sing Silent Night, then we also leave this place as Christmas people. We depart this evening service, special service, committed to working for society's peace, economic peace, racial peace, Peace from God that passes all understanding. I think the great prayer of St. Francis puts it so well. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there's hatred, let me sow love. Where there's injury, pardon. 
Where there's doubt, faith. Where there's despair, hope. Where there's darkness, light. Where there's sadness, joy. All that is about real peace. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and he shall be called Prince of Peace. And we're called to be co-workers with God. Promoting that peace that God intends for the whole world. Hearts parallel with Christ lead to efforts for peace. God expects this from all of us. What can you do to be an instrument for God's peace? Is it with your children? Or is it with your parents? Or is it with someone in this room? Or someone in this city? Or somebody at work with whom you need to work for peace? Perhaps somewhere across the commonwealth or even in this big world? Is it with actions for sociological peace? Or racial peace? Or economic peace? The Prince of Peace comes tonight. That's the gospel. And a large part of that coming calls us to be instruments of peace. May peace be what we all receive this Christmas night. And then may we seek to be always and everywhere instruments of God's peace, giving peace, helping bring peace to the world. May it be so. Alleluia. Amen. Let us pray. You come, O God, Emmanuel, as Prince of Peace. Fill our hearts and lives with that peace and then shape us as instruments of your peace in all things this Christmas and forever. Amen.